Welcome back to another Lost in Possession podcast. As breaking news this week, Bowley says bye-bye to Tuchel. Now, what do we all think of it? Will Jordan be happy? <laughs> Will Reese be happy? Will Brighton fans slightly worry? Start the intro. Here we go. Now, Jord, we'll come to you first because it's going to be your opinion that's going to be the most sort of in-depth. Tuchel's gone. Are you happy? Are you a bit worried now? Well, first things first, this was supposed to be a week off, but we are here filming this emergency podcast for you. So if that's not worthy of liking the video, I don't know what is. So first things first, please like the video or dislike it. If you're unhappy, Thomas Tuchel sacked. Dislike the video. It's good for the algorithm. Um, and don't forget to hit subscribe. But moving swiftly on, Chelsea are back. <laughs> we all we all thought when the uh, when the Roman Abramovich era ended, we all thought Chelsea would be a different club. We wouldn't spend money. We wouldn't sack managers. And about a month later, here we are. Uh, <laughs> we spent about two hundred fifty million. We've sacked the manager too early. And here we are. Uh, Banner FC is back. Um, I mean, I, I, I probably share the opinion of 95% of Chelsea fans with shock and awe that Tuchel has been sacked this early on. Um, you know, we all loved him pretty much, you know, again, 99%. You know, if you didn't respect and you didn't rate Tuchel as a Chelsea fan, you're just not a Chelsea fan, simple as. Um, what he's done for the club, even my, even my dog likes Tuchel. Um, what he's done for the club in such a short space of time is ridiculous. You know, the Champions League, we talk about that. There's managers out there who have been at clubs for years and haven't been able to get that. To do it in such a short space of time was unreal. Um, it's very clear to me he had the long-term quality of a manager to, to sustain, you know, a three, four-year contract. Um, but the first sign of bad form, here we are again. We've sacked the manager. I, I, I don't understand. I, you know, we, we, I've said it many times to you guys before, maybe not on the podcast, but you look at the recipe for success at the top clubs. And, and when I say that, I mean Man City and I mean Liverpool. You've got Pep Guardiola, you've got Jurgen Klopp. What have they, not only are they good managers, right, clearly, but what have they been given? Time and money. The first, you know, neither of those managers had the perfect start at, at Man City and Liverpool, but they're clearly good managers. They've been given time, they've been given patience and they've been given money. Too cool to me could be on a similar level. But the first sign of trouble, the first time we've lost a few games and we just sack him. I, I don't understand it. I, there's no long-term vision. I, I, I just don't get it. And, and I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. And it's just, it's Lampard all over again in the sense that Lampard did okay. As soon as we had a bad run of games, I oh, will just sack him. Like, if you want to see how good a manager is, you want to see what a manager's made of, you don't just sack them at the first sign of danger. You give them time to work the way out of it, get us playing again. So it's incredibly, again, short-sighted decision. I'll have more to say later on, but for now, I'm pretty pissed off. I'm not happy, but also I'm not that surprised at the end of the day. It's Chelsea Football Club. We sack managers, we spend money and we win trophies. And, and hopefully that's how it's going to continue. Uh, over to you guys. What's your take on it from an outsider perspective? Reese, what are your thoughts? 
sort of is this good for Arsenal as well? Like as another point, is it good that they're changing manager and is unsettling their squad for top four really. players? Not really, but I'll um, I'll get onto that probably in due course. I think I think you're right. It seems to be a new owners, same old um, same old sort of habits at Chelsea. You know, Roman must have left a stack of P45s behind, and they thought they might as well just use them. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, look, I think apparently the decision was made to have already sacked him even before the Dynamo game, uh, Dynamo Zaro game, which is quite a strange decision because. It seems to me, why would you give him, you know, 270 million plus to spend on 10 players and then decide you weren't going to stick with him anyway? Um, it seems that there are a lot of issues working with the owner. Apparently, you know, Tuchel enjoyed a good relationship with Czech and and the other hierarchy there where they could. And when they left, there was no person in that role to help with the signing side of things. So if you think how much that takes a toll on a manager where he can't actually coach the team that probably impacts things. Um, there's probably issues with the fact that he wanted certain players. Maybe I've heard, for example, Bowley wanted Ronaldo, Tuchel did not. So I think there was a lot of friction there going on. Um, players seem to have lost faith, particularly young players. There's rumours of the fact that he was quite critical, quite harsh on young players, which would probably explain a lot, bearing in mind he wouldn't give people like Colville and Val, etc., chances. Um, it seems like the writing had been on the wall. I would probably say that the Champions League win pretty much guaranteed him a full season last season. Otherwise, I don't think he would have even lasted till the end of last season. Um, it's, it's, it's a strange one for timing because, again, if it was already decided, why have they waited till now? Um, but I understand why they've done it. In football, you can't, you can't give managers time, really, um, these days. So... You have to replace quick before it potentially gets worse. And if you've lost the dressing room, there's no going back, really. But yeah, um, just to answer your point, Jamie, before I pass it over to you, I don't think this is, you know, this probably isn't great news for Arsenal because if they get a new manager in, they're probably going to get the new manager bounce. It's going to be success. So, you know, you probably want Tuchel to stay in charge. But regardless, I don't think it, you know, I don't think it's going to determine the outcome of where I think Chelsea will be at the end of the season. No, that's a fair point. Sort of the Arsenal one, it's more sometimes you can get the manager bounce, but sometimes you can't. It's not always guaranteed and players want to put in their new sort of way of playing. Obviously, like you look at United, they've sort of turned it around a, a bit now, but the first games, Brighton, they looked awful against. And we know the Brentford result. So we did a, we did a podcast based off that Brentford result, really, didn't we? So it doesn't always work. I get that sort of it normally happens a bit later on in the season where you get that bounce. But to be fair, I was surprised it was done so early. I thought if you're going to do it, you wait till the international break. You bring you have that sort of you have that gap then of getting a new manager in before a game's played, especially at the moment when, you know, we're playing games every three days now. Like it's already got to that start of the period due to the World Cup. So I thought it was a bit surprising they've done it so early. Another reason is they brought just bought Aubameyang. Like the, the whole point of I saw Aubameyang coming in is because he had a relationship with Tuchel. So it wasn't going to have that friction that Lukaku had as the striker. So it's more like if he's, he's literally come and played 58 minutes Aubameyang now 
and <laughs> Tuchel's gone. Um, it's also, it was like, it's like from like I've seen from City side was Sterling's comments. It was like, oh, Tuchel rang me up, said about how I was in his plans, blah, blah, blah. That's why I wanted to come to Chelsea kind of thing. Now that's gone. Surely he's going to be a bit annoyed. Like you would be if you're if you're there because you've spoken to the manager, you're agreeing with his plans, you're a part of his plans. That's gone out the window straight away. So that's two new signings who may have come for Tuchel. Now lost that already. And it's kind of like Fafana's obviously been signed. Obviously, he probably didn't come for the Tuchel reason. He came for the step up to Chelsea. But it's sort of unsettling of he's now played. Did he? I don't know if he played in the West Ham game, did he or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, oh, okay. So it's not his first game and then the manager's been sacked. It's been two. But I agree with Reese saying that I think the Champions League win, obviously, that's what you want in football kind of thing. But I think that clouded over some of the cracks at Chelsea for last season. You were doing well, then you got the injuries and then it just spiralled down. So if you look at last season where you finished, whereas at the start of last season, Jordan, you were like, we now should be competing with City and Liverpool. And I think there was many other people who thought that at the start of last season after your Champions League win. But you were three points off Spurs and four off Arsenal and Arsenal finished fifth. Yet you were 18 off Liverpool, 19 off City from winning it. It's kind of, you, you've had such a big margin against it. And I do agree with sort of what Reese said. I think with Abramovich, though, he might have got rid of him earlier if it wasn't for all the Russian-Ukraine sort of scenario going on where he, he couldn't really do much. Yeah. Um, but then if you're looking at this season, just purely on this season, I can only remember really one game, maybe two, that you've played well. Because when you played Everton first game of the season, you were crap. Everton were even worse. You won 1-0. Like, you weren't under threat, but they were dreadful kind of thing. I don't think you played particularly well. Spurs game, you were good. Unfortunately, the last-minute goal from Kane a missing of a hair pull, things like that, you would have won. Um, the Leeds game, absolutely awful. Um, Southampton again, you were pretty much, you were pretty awful. And then Zagreb yesterday, I only watched the second half, but you you still just, there were such bad decisions going on left, right and centre from the players. I'm not saying it's the manager's fault, but you were poor. So this is where I could see the sort of spiral happening. I just thought it was a little bit early. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, you look at his record, I was just having a look earlier. It was literally exactly 100 games. Yeah. No. 60, <laughs> 60 wins out of 100, you know, 24 draws, 16 losses. You know, a 60% win rate for a, a top team manager is fairly good. I think Pep was around 66%. Obviously, That's that bad. was a few months ago. Um, 168 goals scored, 77 conceded. So you look, you look at the stats and go, it's actually pretty successful. So I, I, although we've hit a bit of bad form, I don't completely agree. You know, last season we started well. Obviously, the, the, the end gap between City and Liverpool last season was not good enough. We all know that. But you look at us with Chilwell and James versus us without, and it, it was very clear that there was a lack. Yes, a part of that big gap was, was a lack of clinical finishing, and we can blame Lukaku for that. But 
the, the other side of that was losing our two wing-backs at one go. You know, if Man City lost Cancelo and Walker, they'd struggle, in my opinion. If Robertson and Trent were out of Liverpool, they'd also struggle. So last season for me, I don't think we were as bad as, 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 as you kind of hinted at there. Um, and fundamentally, we came third. And if pre-season, people probably would have had us third behind City and Liverpool anyway. Um, in terms of the, the good side of Tuchel, again, yes, it's, fundamentally, when you win this biggest trophies up for grabs, yes, it, it, obviously it's going to buy you time because that, that's, that's what success looks like, especially at Chelsea, you know, who've got a history of winning trophies. Um, and outside of that, you know, we've got the Super Cup in there to add to that. We've got the FIFA World Cup. People will say that's not a big deal. But that, that completed the set for us. You know, as a club, we've now won every single trophy on offer. So the legacy he leaves behind, although it's only 100 games, for me is unforgettable. You know, you, everyone will laugh now, but we, we're still technically champions of the world. You know, so you, you can you can slate us all you want, but Tuchel, for me, deserves more respect and he deserves a lot of credit. And, and looking on socials today, the overwhelming response is, is that of disappointment a bit of anger at Bowley and he's in his new, well, I don't know what you want to call them, Bowley's boys. Um, and people are sad that Tuchel's left, as am I. Um, in terms the Bowley sorry, point, sorry, George, with the Bowley point, do you think Bowley's done this? And if you said like what Reece said there was he's been sacked pretty much before the Zagreb game, is it because Bowley just wants his own, he wants Chelsea to be his own club? So he's brought in a load of players, so he's getting his own team and he'll eventually do that after maybe two or three summer windows. Now he's got rid of the manager, he's going to bring in his own manager. It's his choice. Is that kind of where the writing was on the wall for Tuchel just because Bowley wants his own club? He doesn't I, want anything to do with Abramovich. I kind of he's on the fence with that because I, I do agree that Bowley probably wants... Bowley will view this now as an opportunity to, to really stamp his authority in the club and say, I've made every decision for now, which I do agree with, but I, I actually do disagree. I, I don't believe this was premeditated. The, the fact that we've, you know, as we both said, we signed a Bamiang just days ago. If you're planning on sacking a manager, you don't get a striker that you're only bringing in because of the manager. So I don't think there's, I don't think there's premeditated scenario gone on here. I think the, the, the most likely thing that's happened, they've had a board meeting after the Zagreb game. Bowley's probably, you know, said, what, what's going on? How do you view this? Tuchel's probably a bit, you know, at, well, obviously <laughs> pissed off, <laughs> obviously not happy, and has probably lost his head a little bit in that meeting. And I reckon Bowley, they've obviously had a heated conversation and it's ended in, you know, them coming away, probably Bowley speaking to whoever he speaks to. Tuchel probably a bit frustrated and, and that's where the decision's made. I think Tuchel's probably, as I said, made a few comments last night, probably in the heat of the moment and Bowley's gone, look, I'm not going to stand for this. Um, I, I, I do think something's happened last night, heat of the moment, comments have probably been made and and and, and to, to your point, Bowley wanting to kind of stamp his authority and wanting to not be I don't, I don't know. Obviously, this is speculation, right? But yeah, I was going to say, like, you can't sack a manager after one bad meeting, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I, there's a lot more. It's a lot. It's going to be costly for him. Let's, let's got to think about that as well. Tuchel's got a contract. Yeah. He's not yeah. got to pay for that still. It's yeah. not something you can just... I know he's probably got quite a lot of money because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have to to own these football clubs, but 
to just go, right, I'm sacking you because of the Zagreb defeat. Don't think if he is, if Bowley is doing that, this is I think it's actually very worrying times for Chelsea with this with him being an owner, if that's the case, because you can't react like that to every manager because there won't be enough managers left. Yeah. And on that, I mean, the, the flip the flip side argument, and obviously there's always rumours at every club, whenever a manager goes, that he lost the dressing room. You, you could probably make that case based on our recent performances. Now, although everyone, although all Chelsea fans are sad that he's gone and didn't want him to be, you know, be sacked and, and wanted him to be given more time, there's no question that watching us of late has been depressing. As you said, the only real good two-call performance has been against Spurs. And if you can't get up for a derby, what are you doing? You know, the, it, you know to be fair, like Zagreb yesterday, although it was painful to watch, it wasn't like we played absolutely horrendously. It was just like, it was a bit of a smash and grab from Zagreb. Their goal was a, a beautiful counter-attack. And it's just one of those games where like, if we'd have scored and come back, sorry, if we'd have got an equaliser, we probably would have got a winner. So that that maybe is an isolated incident, but the West Ham, not good enough. Lucky. Yeah, you were fortunate um, to get that win. As fortunate well. to get that win. Leeds, obviously. And, 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 and if you look at it... Yeah, the Leeds game, though, also just talking about that, is your reaction when you went 1-0 down, which was just a Mendy that you just went, this game's over. Yeah. So that's clearly like there's some loss of belief from... I don't know if it, it might just be you, it might be other Chelsea fans, but yeah. it's kind of that's that's worrying to go one nil down and just be like this game's over. Yeah, like we have, we yeah. have. That's how we've been playing. It just it, it looked like every time we go down, it looks like a lack of belief. You know, I, I can't believe we came back against West Ham. Obviously, but as I said to you last episode, because it's at home, because you've got the crowd, you put your money on more more of a comeback then than you would away to Leeds. But you, you look at the stats, you know, Leeds away, 3-0. Southampton away to, let's be fair, a weak Southampton side, lost. Zagreb away, lost. So to flip side, to maybe make a case for Bowley getting rid of him early, three away losses in a row against opposition that you should beat, screams to me of a loss of maybe the dressing room, a little bit of uh, a lack of character. And you look at this team and, and there's not a lack of characters. So maybe, maybe there's something that, that we've missed and maybe he has, something's gone on, maybe he's lost the dressing room, I don't know. But yeah, and, and, and just a final point, I think we have to put it into perspective. When you make five, six, seven signings, you can't expect instant, you just can't expect instant results. You know, we've got Fafana straight into the team, pretty much. Kukurea straight into the team. Gallagher, near enough, straight into the team. I know Gallagher's Chelsea, but it's still a signing and a new player to integrate. You know, Broyer, straight into the team. Then we've got Sterling, who started every game. You know, you've got all these new characters, new faces coming into the team at one go. They're not just going to suddenly click and gel together and it's all going to be perfect. So for me, that that's more of the argument is to say, look, give Tuchel a bit of time, let it all work out, let him work out his best team, and then we'll go from there. But he wasn't given the time and, and, and we'll never know. No, very interesting point. So now, of course, it moves on to who's going to be Tuchel's replacement. It looks as if it's going to be Graham Potter. Um, 
first things first, John, do you think Potter will be able to work his magic? Or do you think um do you think this could be a potential banana skin? You know, is it important that Bowley gets this right? Because if it goes wrong, people are gonna turn and they're gonna turn quick. But do you think, you know, what, what do you think of the potential of Potter? Yeah, first and foremost, I, I couldn't agree more. You're you're absolutely spot on when you say this will make or break Bowley. Because you've seen it already. Some people today are like Bowley out, obviously, like, come on, let's not lose our heads. But you know, people are already using this against Bowley. Um I'm not going to knock a bloke who's just spent 270 million or whatever it is. Like, come on, put it into perspective. You know, we all thought we were never going to spend any money. He's come in. Um, you know, we, we saw the comments from Gary Neville about football manager, but then he sits there and slates the Glazers for not getting involved. Like, come on, get, you, you've got to be, you've got to be realistic. The fact that Bowley is showing a willingness to be there, hands, hands dirty, making signings, flying to Barcelona, meeting players and, and, and agents. You can't fault him for that. Eventually, I would like to see him outsource that. And I, I think he will. But when you've spent, what, four billion to buy a club, if you want to get a little bit involved, you kind of owed that right. So I think people just need to chill out a little bit on that front. Um, to answer, sorry, to actually answer your question on Potter, um, I, I think if you ask any near enough any football fan at any club at this point, who's one of the most underrated or the best managers in world football right now, they probably would say Graham Potter. Every major job he's linked with, the England job he's linked with, we've done a podcast on it. We've all waxed lyrical about how good a manager he is and what phenomenal stuff he's doing with Brighton, who don't have the world's best squad. So for me, he's probably the best out there now as a long-term replacement, fairly young English manager, so, yes, I, I'd be very keen on seeing Potter take the role. The only stumbling block or, or challenge you'll have is managing those big egos, those big players who are on the big money. At Brighton, he's not really had that to deal with. Um, but, you know, if you're going to step up, where better to step up at Chelsea? Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty happy with Potter, personally. But I think Potter's obviously the one that I think Chelsea are trying to make contact with, with Brighton. So they are trying to pursue him. But I think other options that have been discussed that are sort of up there are Poch and Zidane. They're the, they're the top three in the bookies sort of makings. I think I agree with what you said about Potter, Jordan. The problem he has is at Brighton, there are no proper egos there. They're all Potter's, Potter's players going you're running for me, you're going to play this way for me. And that's sort of like he's moulded the team and he's, I don't know how long he's actually been there now, but it's been a fair few years. So he's had that time to embed in where Brighton will give you that chance to do that. Chelsea, as we know, do not. So he's got to come in and straight away sort of, impose himself and then you've got big sort of big players in there who may be like you've got the likes of sort of I don't think he is this type of player but you've got Thiago Silva could be like why am I listening to you I'm I think he might even be he's nearly older than him or the same age he's got much more experience than him it's kind of 
why would I listen to you? It's, he probably isn't. I don't think he's actually like that, but that could be a scenario sort of thing. And you've got other players there. and you've. But you've got to look at it the other way around where some players might go, ah, new manager who probably weren't happy before. I think in like ZH, I don't think he was happy before. No. Obviously, you were screaming probably at your TV last night when he took them two free kicks. But he might be like, oh, new manager, I've got someone to prove, I can prove myself. And a lot of players may lift themselves and do that. So that's what a new manager, and Potter could come in and be like, I don't care who you are, I I will not stand for it. If, as long as he's firm, he can do that. But it's that lack of experience. Poch obviously has the sort of Spurs background and Spurs fans still love him to this day kind of thing. And it's all lovey-dovey. But Mourinho went to Spurs, didn't he? Mourinho went to United. So yeah. it's not out of the cards. He's out of a job after being sacked from PSG. And that's where I think you obviously you signed Tuchel from PSG. Or after he got sacked from PSG, you're going to do the same with Poch. I would be worried. And to be honest, I thought pretty much similar with Tuchel. You've kind of you've kind of failed at PSG in terms of winning the league every single season should be a must. That's a bare, bare minimum. And they didn't sort of Tuchel when he got sacked that season. I don't think, I think, and when Poch took over, they didn't win that season. I think that's when Lille won it. And then Poch never really sort of, you know, looked, I don't think he was, I think he was looking, they were looking to get rid of him for quite a long time. So if I was a Chelsea fan, I wouldn't be too excited if he came around. Yeah. No, no, I was just going to say on, on, on Poch, um, I agree. I've been, I can't remember if we've kind of discussed it on the podcast before, but Poch, yes, he did well at Spurs, given the budget, given everything, you know, still didn't win anything. And he's gone to PSG. And as you said, I I do, I don't think he's been successful at PSG. You've seen all the rumours of the Fallen's out. They've not won the Champions League. You know, obviously, yes, they won the league once out of the two years, I believe, but you, you can't sit there and say Poch's time at PSG was successful. So in some respects, has he been that good for, for two or three years? I, I don't know. I certainly wouldn't regard him as an on-form or in-form manager. Um, that being said, he, he has shown quality, obviously, uh, you know, the way he carries himself, the way he speaks about the game, he is clearly like a very intelligent football coach. But for me, I think, I, I don't know. I think a lot of the... The hype around him is potentially a little bit overhyped or a bit unwarranted. I think it was um, also the same with Tuchel, though. I think Tuchel was in a similar position to what Poch is now, in my opinion, of what, when you signed him, I was like, I'm not that worried yeah, like, yeah. about Chelsea kind of thing from him. I was like, he probably should have done better at PSG and Poch is the same. Yeah. So it's over that. Yeah, I mean, experts. I Spurs seem to want to take all of our managers, so maybe we should take their their idol. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not 100 convinced by Poch. But the third, were you going to say Zidane? Zidane is the third. Yeah. Won the Champions League several times. Yeah, he's, he's got um, the pedigree. <laughs> he's like like I said about Potter. Maybe Thiago Silva 
be like, I'm more experienced than you. You're not saying that to Zidane, are you? Let's be honest. Nah, I, I don't think on that note, <laughs> I don't, I don't no, no, think no, Silver's that guy at all. No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I am just saying that out of, you know, absolutely <laughs> nothing, nothing to back my claim up there. But looking at Zidane, like, that would, I think that would excite Chelsea fans to have a legend of the game like Zidane at your club. I think that'll give you a bit of a buzz. Yeah. Like, I think that'll give you a more of a buzz than Potter will. Yeah, it's a bit of a more a more but, sexy managerial signing. But in terms of playing style, I think Potter would be a good manager. Like yeah. I think he'll make you play a bit more exciting football than what Tuchel did. Yeah, I'd agree. Zidane, to be honest, if I had to, what would you rank them out of them three? I'd say to what in terms of who I want. Yeah, out of them three, like who would you go first, second, third? I'd say Potter first for the more, you know, prem proven, good style of football, high XG, which is we've got the attacking players to do it. I'd then say Zidane. Um, I do, it's a bit more sexy. He's got the Champions League pedigree. And as you know, when we sack a manager, we, we, we tend to do well in the Champions League. Um, and then Poch third. Again, I, I'm not saying Poch is a bad signing at all. I'm just, there's a few more question marks over him, I'd say, than a Potter or Zidane. Reese, you're one to three with them three? Yeah, I think you have to go Potter first. Um, just on a reason for that is because I think if his sis, if he can put his system at Chelsea, if that could be, you know, imagine how that might, would be with better quality players. Um, I think he'd be... Yes, man is probably the wrong sort of phrase for him, but I think he would make do with situations a little bit more. Um, so if a player is gonna, if he's not gonna bring a player in or a player is gonna be sold, you know, he's got used to that at Brighton, so that'd be fine. Um, but also he'd get players that fit his system as well. You just don't want him going to those players that probably aren't good enough to play for Chelsea. Like I think I've referenced before, like when Hodgson went to Liverpool, you know, he bought a lot of probably below average players with him um, to do that. So I would put him as the first point, um, first pick, just because as well, he's in work. It's very lazy going for managers that are out of work. There's a reason they tend to be out of work. So I'll probably go with that. Zidane, again, yeah, he's a sexy appointment. He's probably tried and tested. But I think for me, he's the manager that would, would only give you a year or two. I think he'd get bored. I mean, this guy walked away from Real Madrid at, at the highest potential peak. It had enough, you know, and that's fine. That's so, Chelsea. Chelsea don't. <laughs> yeah, true. Win a trophy, but it's fine. <laughs> it would be all right. But again, I think Zidane's the sort of guy he would leave you for another club. Potter's more likely to probably stay. Um, and Potichino, I think that'd just be lazy. Yes, you'll attack. Yes, you'll play quite well. And players like Sterling would thrive. But, but the guy hasn't won anything I know he's won at PSG but he hasn't won anything and his half a stint at PSG where Lille won the league that was poor Champions League poor you know and at Spurs he could never get him over the line either so I personally think his his star's fallen and he's better off trying at another club like Seville so for him no Potter has to be first um, I'd agree with the Potts being last just don't, I don't there's no attraction there I don't think Chelsea fans want it and I, there's nothing really backing it up. But I think Zidane would be sort of one that I'd be the most excited for if I was a Chelsea fan. Like you say, one or two seasons, it might be. It, it probably, like, But 
in football, that's what's happening most of the time. Chelsea are used to that, to be perfectly honest. That's not a problem. If he, and I don't think there's going to be many clubs that he will leave Chelsea for in terms of if they come in and say, we want you. There's, there's like, I don't think there's a handful of clubs. Like, I think it's generally like minimal, and one of them would be Real Madrid, and he's already done that. You could probably argue his style of play isn't the most exciting. I know he gets results, but. But and it, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Chelsea haven't people. had them like they've been successful without there being the best style of play. Mourinho wasn't the sexiest footballer manager of football. Tuchel hasn't been, but you've both enjoyed it. I think I think Zidane would be the most sort of one that I'd be excited for. Potter as well. I still think he's a fantastic manager, but he is unproven at this level. That's that's the that's a big concern. And if Bowley's gonna sack someone after six games for not performing well, it sort of it could just happen. Like so that's what, I'd put Potter a second, but I do think Potter is going to be the guy you do get. What about? And you just mentioned him a second ago, Jamie. What about Mourinho? Tried and tested. Nah, I think that's. Do you think? Do you think he'd dumb. be interested if if they weren't calling? I I wouldn't rule it out. Is all I will say. But it, Mourinho himself is obviously pretty happy at Roma with with how it's going. You know, I seen an interview he did as well, saying exactly that. You know, he's committed to Roma now. I know all managers say that, but he did seem genuinely happy with the project there. Fans obviously love him, and it feels like he's doing something with Roma. Um, I'd be very shocked. But this is this is a new era. This is it's 2022, and the stuff we've seen in this summer window alone, you just can't rule out anything anymore. <laughs> so Mourinho 3.0, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but there you go. Is that any any final comments? Any others we've not discussed? Not that I think it's worth mentioning in yeah. the bookies odds. There's some awful takes. John Terry. Sad. Southgate, legend, get him in. I think, yeah, John Terry is another one. Southgate and Martinez have both been included in the bookies. Oh, just, they, won't be Russian. Won't be Russians about that. I think That's Jordan, Jordan would just bad. burn his shirts. <laughs> Seven at the back. Let's go. We've got enough. Yeah, we have. We have. We've got started seven actually at the back. So no, any attacking manager team. maybe will do. It'll be nice to see. Uh, nice to see some goals. But uh, there you go. As always, that wraps us up for this emergency Tuchel podcast. As always, like, comment and subscribe. You know the drill. Here we go.